founded his current company, uh, No Before. Just recently, after walking with 10 million bucks from his last exit, he's really financially free for life. So now he can truly swing for the fences. He shared with us some of these revenue numbers again: seven million uh, in 2015, went up to 24 million in 2016, on pace to do 50 million here in 2017. Last month and or two months ago in March, did about five million bucks in monthly recurring revenue, growing very fast. Over 9,500 enterprises paying them on average, you know, call it three, four, five hundred seats per enterprise, and each of those seats costs anywhere between call it 10 and 15 bucks annually. They're on a tear. He wants to go public. He's taking down Panda Bear and all these other fishing attacks. This is episode 716. Coming up tomorrow morning, you'll learn from Emilia Chagas and why moving her team to Brazil was absolutely genius. But first, here's today's episode. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Stu Showerman. He's a serial entrepreneur and currently the founder and CEO of a company called NoB4.com. He's a big Shark Tank fan. He studies Sun Tzu, so this will be a good one. Based in Tampa, Florida, Stu, are you ready to take us to the top? Yes, sir. Let's go. All right. What <laughs> is NoB4 and how do you make money? Um, we are a, what you call, new school uh, IT security company, we focus on the human, um, meaning we do security awareness training, but not the old style. The old style is hurt them in the break room, keep them awake with coffee and donuts, and death by PowerPoint. <laughs> and so how are you doing it? What's your, what's your business model? How do you make money? We are a SaaS company, um, and customers subscribe to our platform, and the platform allows you to do three things. First, a baseline phishing test. So you see how many people are actually the, the people that click, the click happy people, we call them fish prone. Second, we train them online through the browser, engaging interactive online training on demand. And third, frequent simulated phishing attacks to keep them on their toes with security top of mind. And so what do you, what's the average customer paying you per month? It's not a per month, it's a per year. The average user is about $15 per user per year, not per month. Okay. So, so, okay. So how's the average? And, and do you, do you only have people pay you on an annual or can they pay a dollar or two bucks per month? No, we do an annual upfront. It's much easier. Uh, most people prefer that because they just get it budgeted. They get an invoice, they pay and they're off to the races. And is this, is the 15 per year is that the actual person you're selling to, or are you selling to an organization buying 100 seats, so it's 1,500 per year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are strictly B2B. Um, we are focusing on uh, organizations of 50 users and up, up until the largest organizations in the world. And um, so they buy a contract for, let's say, 500 users. Okay. What's the average company have in terms of seats? Um, you know, you have SMB and enterprise, so that varies wildly. If you average, though, across your customer base, are we talking 10 seats or 1,000 seats? No, no, no. If you look at for small-medium business, uh, the average seat is about two, 300. That is for small-medium business. For enterprise, 
uh, you're quickly thinking 1,500, 2,000, 3,000 seats. Okay. And again, if we, that's good to kind of general understand the whole market. But for your specific tool, if we av- took an average, I mean, would we have 500 seats per paying customer? Yeah, four to 500 seats. Okay. Got it. Um, okay, good. And then give us some more history here. So when did you launch the company? Um, I sold my last company, which was an antivirus company in 2010. Okay. Um, I started five days later with no before. Uh, we got our product on the market in April 2011. April 2011. What was your first company called? Uh, that was a company called Sunbelt. This was actually company number four. This is my fifth startup. Um, company number four was called Sunbelt Software, and we had an antivirus uh, product called Viper Antivirus. Many people would go, what is wrong with this guy? This is such an unsexy space. And here he is on this interview, smiling, having a lot of fun. We are growing like crazy. Define that in terms of a number. Um, We did 7 million in 2015. Mm -hmm. We did 4 million in 2016. We're going to do 50 million in this year, 2017. You said 24 million last year? Yeah. And 7 million in 2015? Yeah, we're in the Inc. 500 and and slot 139. We're growing like crazy. That's great. What is driving most of this growth? How are you acquiring new customers? Um, It's called inbound marketing. Um, So we provide white papers. Um, I write a newsletter that goes to a boatload of people with... How many? 1.2 million. And those are all just people on your list? Yeah. How'd you build the list? Um, it was a matter of building it up slowly over the years. So we're talking uh, providing free tools, white papers, free downloads, uh, that sort of thing. All since 2011. Yep. That's great. And then fast forward to today, how, have you raised capital or are you bootstrapped? No, uh, we bootstrapped for the first five years. I basically spent a million bucks building this company. Mm-hmm. Um, and late, this was December 2015, we took 8 mil in venture capital because we wanted to basically support and help to go public. Yep. Uh, didn't really need the money. Um, and we used some of it recently to acquire a competitor. Um, but uh, yeah, we have a Series A. So you've raised a total of what, about eight or nine million, including your million? Well, and, you know, the raise was my own money, so you can't really count that. We had a Series A to begin with of, of eight mil and uh, a year later, the, the VCs uh, basically re-upped and they bought another 4% with okay. different valuations. So to- total capital in, without the, your 1 million, what is it? 13. 13. Okay, got it. And 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 you said the the investors uh, just bought 4% more. I assume the first round, what they bought, like 10%, so what, they own about 14%-ish, something like that? No, they, the first uh, was 20%. They bought 20% of okay. the... Uh, and so they now own 24. You seem like you seem like a nice guy, but I imagine you get tough in a negotiation. Uh, was it? Did it hurt giving up 20% of the company? Um, no, because really we wanted their help. Um, Who was it? A company called Elephant. Uh, it's a debut fund in uh, in, in New York. I'll do something else. Uh, my business partner is Kevin Mitnick. Oh, very and, good. Wait, Kevin. And, Kevin. Sorry, Kevin. Who? Kevin Mitnick. Why does that name ring a bell? Because he's the world's most famous hacker, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> so no, that's helpful. Uh, that's helpful. Just Google him, Kevin Mitnick. Anyway, um, four years ago, I said, listen, I can own 
100% of a muffin, or I can own 50% of a really big pie. So I got in touch with Kevin and I said, I'll give you half the company in exchange for your 30 years of hacking experience. Yep. So we did that. So, so giving I, away half the company is not that painful. If I summarize, then you started with 100% ownership in 2013 or 2011. You put a million yep. bucks of your own money in. A few years yep. after that, you found Kevin said, here, take 50%. He yep. took 50%, you have 50%. Then you raise yep. an additional round of $8 million in capital from VCs to help you go public one day. You wanted their help. They took 20% from each of you. So it's 40, 40, 20 at this point. And you have an equity? Oh, no, that's wrong. No, no, no. When you said 10%, that was true for the both of us. So if you look at the cap table, which is really what you're asking about, Yep. Uh, Elephant, our VC, owns 24%. Kevin owns just under 30. I own just under 30. And the rest is owned by... You know, early employees. In equity pool. Plan. Yeah, equity pool. Very cool. What when you when you rattled off your revenue numbers, you said them so confidently, right? I said, prove it. And you said, take this, Nathan, seven million in 2015, 24 million in 2016. And we're going to do 50 million this year. How do you know that? Like the 50 million in this year, you said it was so much confidence. I'm sure it's going to happen. But what what are you looking at that gives you that much confidence that that's going to happen? Well, this is a SaaS model and software as a service is a subscription. Um, and so you know the percentage of your churn, which is people you lose, and our churn is only 15%. Annually or monthly? Annually. Got it. Got it. So we know that 85% of our customers are coming back anyway because they love what we do. So that's why it is relatively easy to predict. SaaS models are very predictable, and, and you know people that finance you love that. What did, uh, how many customers do you have paying you right now? Not the seats, the actual companies. 9,500 in dust. Okay, 9,500 and some dust. And you said on average there's 400 seats there at 15 bucks a pop. I think that comes out to about six grand annually times the 9,500. That puts you about 57 uh, million. My math's wrong there though, because you haven't hit that yet. Why is my math wrong? Well, you know, we're, the, the average of seats is just a ballpark that we threw out. But between 50 and 60 is actually pretty darn close. Okay. What did um, 50 and 60 is pretty darn close to what you'll do this year, million? Yeah. Got it. What did you do last month in revenue? Last month? Um, let, let's look at March. March 31st was the best day of my professional career. Tell me why. We did a million bucks that day. Uh -huh. We did five mil that month. And we did 12 mil in the quarter. So if you look at five mil in March, then you just times 12. Yep. Then you know that we are, you know, on the road to at least 50 for the year. At least, yeah, five zero for the year. Um, why was it so, why was there so much weight in March? You said five million in the whole month, but you got 20% of that in one day at the end of the month. Why was that? Well, enterprise sales generally are weighted against the end of the quarter. So we got a boatload of really large deals in that day yep what is your team size right now 280 80, actually no uh we just got 10 people in today 290 290 and where are you based tampa bay florida tampa bay very good and what is the uh so again 280 folks you're based in tampa bay what are you paying to acquire new customers what's your cac cac sits at the moment at about 2600 bucks okay and what do you assume lifetime value is based off you know your cohort data you know, if you look at CAC over uh, lifetime value, it is the, the ratio is seven. Okay, uh, so so you're assuming you're assuming lifetime value is somewhere ar around uh, just 
eight, about 18,200 bucks, 2,600 times the seven. Yeah. 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 And then what you, you said your, uh, what does it cost? If you pay 25, 2,600 bucks to acquire a customer, about how many months does it take you to get that back? Um, you know, they pay up front. So, so it's instant. You, yeah. You know, if you look at the unit economics, th that is really simple. Um, the CAC is 2,600 bucks. The ASP is 4,600 bucks. So we make two grand on every sale right at the day one. You said your average selling price per year is 4,800. Give or take. Got it. Got it. It varies by month. So, you know, I can't really make that 100%. Uh, but, but, you know, if you, if you, if you spread it out, uh, unit economics, we're, we're capital efficient and we make money every sale. Um, do, you secre do you secretly love Vladimir Putin? Well, I have to admit that he does help us quite a bit. He's great for your business. He is the, the reason why I walk to the bank laughing. <laughs> there, th that's kind of what's interesting about this, right, is you have a lot of companies that don't really take off until a known fear is actually realized. In the and in your case, it's in the form of a leak or a hack. And the more that that happens, the more your valuation ideally grows, right? I mean, is that the case? It's very much so. Um, Vladimir Putin is essentially waging a sort of a low-grade uh, cyber war against the U.S., which is, in his perspective, asymmetrical warfare because they only have 10% of the defense budget that we do. And so he's harassing uh, U.S., you know, both profits and nonprofits with all this, you know, essentially uh, uh, COVID ransomware. That's the best example. Yeah. When I talk to some very smart people in the technology space, and you might even be smarter than them, I don't know that yet. Maybe if I think you are, your smile's nicer than theirs. They'll talk to me about things like Panda in China and Bear in Russia and how we potentially have a program called Eagle. I rarely get to talk about these because I don't talk with people that are as technically savvy as you are. What are those programs in those countries and how does your software help folks tackle that? those? Okay, those programs are state-sponsored cyber attack. This is offensive cyber attack that um, they create zoos of code that is offensive code as opposed to defensive. Uh, the NSA is a good example. They have a whole bunch of that stuff, which was recently hacked, and then shadow brokers, uh, which is indeed a, sh a shadowy set of people, let these loose. Which brings us to today, where you have this WannaCry ransomware, which has a, an NSA zero-day built in, which is a worm. So this is kind of like a Tomahawk missile that got loose and was used by a ransomware game. Now, um, we, of course, also have tons of these offensive cyber weapons. Uh, so does Russia. So does China. And... Uh, the problem is that hackers go after the weak link in IT security, which is the human. And so they send well-crafted phishing emails to specific people that they know who they're going after uh, with a very, very convincing email and an attachment. Somebody opens the attachment and clicks, and that workstation is owned. How does you, if I, if that happened to me and I was the dumb, the weak link that opened that thing, maybe not dumb, maybe it was really well crafted. I click it, I open it. Where does your, and I, let's say I'm a customer of you, where does your stuff kick in to help make sure my whole company doesn't now become at risk? Um, we send you and the people in your team frequent phishing attacks that are very close to what the bad guys do. So we inoculate the people in your organization 
and get them to essentially get their awareness up so they stay on their toes with security top of mind. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. So, okay, so you, you'll do this at a company level. Do you think do things though at an international level, like you know, honeypot tactics, things like this, or no? Well, we have something called a fish alert button, and that's the thing that you slip in Outlook or in Gmail. Our customers put that in the email client of their users. Their users click on that button when they see something fishy. The, our customer can forward that to us. So we get thousands of phishing emails on a daily basis. We analyze those and we see what makes it through the filters. So what we train people with is the real stuff, but we defang it and then it goes back to the users. Did you play sports in college? Uh, not in college, but I played soccer. Are you competitive? I am very competitive. Um, why do you want to go public? Um, uh, basically, two reasons. One, that's a new thing that I've never done before. Um, second, it allows us our own currency, if you will. I can essentially print my own money so I can expand further and faster. Because there are competitors. Like who? Who's your biggest? There are two companies that do the same thing we do in the enterprise space, a company called FishMe, and there's a company called Wombats. What do, they, what do they do in revenue? Do you know? Um, those are private companies. What's so, your guess, though? I'm sure you guys have had this discussion. Um, you know, there is a, a website called Owler, and Owler is crowdsourced, and they show roughly what these people do. FishMe is in the 50s, 60s-ish. And Wombats is 30, 40-ish. Um, but that's, would you, you know, that's guesswork. Would you go public and then try and acquire one of them? Um, that is a possibility. <laughs> I hope you guys are watching the YouTube version of this where, where I can read Stu's spatial reactions as I'm, <laughs> a, as I'm asking these questions. Okay, fascinating. <laughs> Stu, real quick, I want we didn't touch on this. We got very technical for a second and talked about a lot of numbers, which was just a pleasure. Um, emotionally, when you launched this company, I mean, were you already set for life? I mean, what was your exit before this? How much was it for? Yeah, no, no. I, I walked out with 10 million bucks. I was set for life. I didn't, I'm not doing this for money. Yeah. So you, your, 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 your exit right before this, you walked with away with 10 million. Was that the big financial thing where you went from like, eh, I'm kind of, I need a paycheck to, okay, I'm set for life. Or were, did, was your exit even before that one significant? No, 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 no. This was the, the Sunbelt software exit was my first exit. Um, and I, you know, I was, I was, retirement is a sham. Um, this I is was, why I never use financial advisors. Their first question is always, when do you want to retire? And I say, I don't even know what you're talking about. I can't use you. Bye. Yeah, forget that. You just keep on working and you die in your boots. That's way more fun. So um, I walked out with 10 million bucks. I looked at the biggest problem that we had in my last company, which was social engineering. You know, the bad guys sent people a phishing attack or a bad link and people click on it. And that is what infects their workstation. And so I decided nobody is really taking care of the human in IT security, so let's do this right. Mm-hmm. And that's why I started know before. One of the themes, guys, I have on this show is I have very successful people at selling information on, people like Amy Porterfield, uh, people that have online membership courses. And many of you will direct message me and email me and some of you even text me and said, Nathan, how do we do all this? How do we do the email marketing for a course? How do we handle the payment? 
How do we put the membership login on our website? You know, how do we get the course information organized quickly and easily? Well, the tool that people are using and a lot of people are using this, you can see at nathanlatka.com forward slash course. That's nathanlatka.com forward slash course. The trial is nice and free, which I love if you're like me. I just want to log in, tinker around, figure it out myself, and then decide if I want to use it or not. So it's nathanlatka.com forward slash course. This is the most straightforward way I've seen to launch your course. So you don't have to go buy 10 different pieces of software like email marketing plus payment plus a bunch of other stuff. It's all in one. The trial is totally free. NathanMicah.com forward slash course. Go there now. I'll see you there. Very, very cool. Stu, let's wrap up here with the famous five. You ready? The famous five. Oh my God. Famous five. I mean, you know, I'm I'm taking these public one day. They're that good. Number one, what's your favorite business book? My favorite business book at the moment, um, gosh, I would still think it's Positioning by Al Reese and Jack Trout. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Um, I am a fan of Elon Musk, and of course, I drive a Tesla. <laughs> Number uh, three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like HostGator? Um, my favorite online tool would probably be SurveyMonkey. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? About six. Okay. Seven, and if I really work hard at it. And what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? Married. Any kiddos? And, and a, uh, an office full of kids. <laughs> so <laughs> no, no real kids, but an office full of kids, right? Yep. Very cool. And how old are you, Stu? I'm 61. 61. Last question. Take us back 41 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um, I wish that my 21-year-old self knew that Bill Gates was going to go into Windows Server in about 1995. Because you would have made a lot of money if you knew that? I would have made, I would have made hundred, hundreds of millions of dollars if I would have known that. <laughs> There you guys have it from Stu. Again, founded his current company, uh, No Before. Just recently, after walking with $10 million bucks from his last exit, he's really financially free for life. So now he can truly swing for the fences. He shared with us some of these revenue numbers. Again, $7 million uh, in 2015. Went up to $24 million in 2016. On pace to do $50 million here in 2017. Last month and, or two months ago in March, did about $5 million bucks in monthly recurring revenue, growing very very fast, over 9,500 enterprises paying them. On average, you know, call it three, four, 500 seats per enterprise. And each of those seats costs anywhere between, call it 10 and 15 bucks annually. They're on a tear. He wants to go public. He's taking down Panda, Bear, and all these other fishing attacks. Stu, thank you for taking us to the top. You're welcome. If you enjoyed Stu today, go back and listen to Ryan yesterday. And you'll learn why Ryan doesn't care that his venture capitalist investors have him by the throat.